Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Good day, friends. Mark Bird here again, opening up another exciting episode of Journey Living. And I'm with Shannon Meyer in the studio one more time. Shannon, welcome into the studio today. Well, hey, Mark, it's so good to be with you and all of our friends out there in Radio Land and podcast. And I am so excited because today we are going to continue the exciting topic of the Christ's return. And we delved deep into this last yeah, week, we did. didn't we? And we didn't want to give up, but I think it is best for us to continue on. But today, as we continue on in this um, topic, we want to talk about who is going to be in heaven. Do you ever wonder that question mark? Like, who's really going to be there? Oh, yeah. I've been asked that lots of times, honestly. And hey, you know, the Bible is clear. And I think we should start off right out of the gate today, Shannon. Who will be in heaven? And immediately the enemy starts to speak to some of us. Oh, Oh, that's not going to be you. Oh, yeah. You know, and Shannon, we talked about the identity in Christ last time, last week, last episode. So I wanted to say this, that you guys all heard of a a lady named Eve in the Bible, right? (laughs) Yeah. And what happened to her in the Garden of Eden? And you might say, well, she was deceived. She was. But what was attacked by Eve, by the serpent, which is Satan, was her identity. Mm, True. So think about this, because she said, well, God said, and the serpent said, did God really say? (laughs) So guess what? She was like, Are you really hearing from God? Right. And I think that's a big question we always have to go back to, even in the lies that we believe from the enemy is, and I teach this in one of my courses, is who told you that? Anyways, that's one of the very opening workshops I do is who told you that? Because it comes out of Genesis 3 where the enemy was quick to question, quick to get her to start already being double-minded. Did God really tell you that? And I know for myself and my own weakness, I'm like, oh man, did I do that right? Did I did I pray enough? Did I, you know, and and I know the only way to heaven is through Jesus. I know it's through his blood bought resurrection that that time of him going to the cross and being crucified. That is the only way I get to go if I accept him as my Lord and Savior. But there is that wretched enemy who gets up in there and will just question your identity. And especially after you've sinned or you're tired, you're angry, you're lonely, you're weary, and he will then have the perfect opportunity to question your salvation, your identity, and are you even going to go? And in a day and age where death is all around us and this big monstrosity of COVID that just seems to be perpetuated from the news that everybody's dying, everybody's dying. My husband sent me a text the other day that the news said, or he said to me, 97% of the people who are unvaccinated are going to die. And I went, where did you hear that? He said, the news. And I was like, that is not true. 97% of us who have not been vaccinated are not going to die. But it's just that quick. It is. That the enemy just puts a little thought, just a little bit. Um, and I often tease, and I tease my kids and my husband this, 
are you eating off of Satan's silver platter today? Because <laughs> it's like he just offers it up oh, yeah. on a silver platter and we take it. So today let's dive into, before our time gets going away from us like it did last week, who's going to be in heaven? How do we get there? Who, Who is, um, you know not going to be there. Right. That's a big question. I, I, you know, they say there's no tears in heaven. Mm. And I often think, I don't know, will I be sad the day that I realize when I'm there, who's yeah. not there? Right. So I don't know. There's questions in my humanity that I'm like, God, I'm going to miss those people that didn't make it. There are some questions that we have that we definitely want to chat with Jesus about sure. when we get there, Shannon. But today the, the, the question is that who will actually be in heaven, right? Who gets to go and who doesn't get to go? And you know, Shannon, uh, doing street ministry and being out on the streets and talking to people all the time, uh, this topic gets covered a lot, right? And who's to say who gets to go and why does a good God send people to hell? I hear this question mm, a lot, right? Me too. And, and Shannon, it boils down to a choice. And uh, before we wrap up this program today, we're going to make sure that every listener has an opportunity, Shannon, to give you blessed assurance that we sing about right. in order to know that you know. And I just want to add to that, Mark. I know people say, why does God send people to hell? Here's the bottom line. God doesn't send anybody to hell. It right. says in the Bible, he wishes that no one will perish. Right. We send our own self there. And I know, friends, that is a tough T-bone to it go is. down sideways. And somebody's going to say, are you kidding me? Like, this is on me. And listen, it's easy for the enemy to blame God, point his bony finger and say, God is sending great people who have done great things in this world to hell. No, he is offering us all the opportunity to spend eternity with him. If we are not in heaven, if you are not in heaven, it will not be by God's choice. That's it will so be true. by your choice alone that you chose not to believe on him. Now, remember, the demons believe in, in God, too. They so, do. Because people will say, well, I believe in God. No, 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 no. So do the demons. And you're not going to find a demon in hell, in heaven one day. It's did you believe on him? Did you accept him as your Lord and Savior? And all of us are grown up in different religions and there's, um, you know, ritualistic parts of a church or a certain kind of orthodox or, you know, you think you have to do this, 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 and this or say a certain amount of the thousand those. <laughs> That's not true. No. He said, just call upon my name. And you shall be saved. I think of the man hanging on the cross, the, the thief on the cross. And I think we talked about this several weeks ago where he had no opportunity right. to do anything. Nope. He didn't get to go to church. He didn't get to go to the altar. He didn't get to make his, his debt right. He didn't get to serve jail time. He didn't even get to be baptized. No, yet. That's right. He didn't even get to be baptized. Great point. He just said, you know, he believed that Jesus yeah. was the, the king of the world, the savior. Yes. And he said, Jesus just responded, I'll see you in paradise just because he believed on him and who he said he was. It was that simple, friend. So if you think there's some big, huge religious, you know, altercation or some huge religious ritual you have to go through to alter your life, that is absolutely not true. No, Shannon, I'm drawn to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, it says this, and this goes to answer the question, why does a good God send people to hell? 
he doesn't. It's our choice. And that's what we're going to make it available to the listeners today to make the choice. And listen to how he read, how he says this. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, Mm -hmm. blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That is so good. So, so good. And I think that is, again, our choice. I was just doing some Christian life coaching with a lady yesterday, and she's an older woman, and just struggling with the belief in who God, who he is. And I love her dearly, and she's always digging into the word. But there's this this seed of doubt that the enemy has put in her mind. And I finally said to her, I said, listen, at the end of the day, this is a choice whether you choose to believe on Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I can show her the scripture. It's kind of like you can draw a horse to water, but you cannot make them drink. You've got to make the choice if you're going to believe on him or not. So great verse. I love that. Thank yeah. you. I want to follow up with Joshua chapter 24. Verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But here's what Joshua says, but as for me and my house, Mm -hmm. we will serve the Lord. There it is. So it's not just one verse that I pulled out for Right. Out of context, right. but it's it's throughout the scriptures, Shannon. It's our choice. So, Mark, let's talk about who is really going to be there. Yeah. Let's, it's just a real basic question. I don't think we have to complicate it. Yeah. Um, is it the person who's gone to the church on Christmas and Easter and have acknowledged those holy, holy, um, holy days? days? Yeah. Um, is it the person who is in church every Sunday? Maybe it's Sunday night. Maybe it's Wednesday. If you've served on the worship team, is it the pastors, is it the worship leaders, is it Sunday school teachers? Who's going to be there? Yeah, that's a great question. And to answer that, Shannon, of course, you and I always refer to the scriptures. And so whatever the scripture says is true. Romans chapter 10. And Shannon, you already quoted this earlier. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. Right? John 3.16. One of the most probably world famous verses ever. Right, for God so loved the world that if we would believe in him, we wouldn't perish, but we'd have everlasting life. Well, how do you do that? Well, and you talk about this a lot, Shannon, about the 18 inches, Mm -hmm. the distance from your mind to your heart. Head to your heart. And I think Jesus really uncovers that. He says in Matthew 7, he said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not done these things, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, in your name. Have we not done these good deeds mm-hmm. like you're talking about, Shannon? Have we not gone to church? Have we not sang in the choir? Have we not served in children's church? Have we not checked the box, checked the box? And Jesus said, uh, away from me, I never knew you. I never really had a relationship. Who gets to go to heaven, Shannon, and those that have a relationship I've heard people say this in doing street ministry over the years. I don't necessarily always say this, but I've heard this commonly. And it's like, when you get to heaven, the question may be asked of you, what have you done with my son? What have you done with my son? And that's Jesus. What have you done with him? Well, I've acknowledged him. Mm -hmm. Shannon, I don't think it's going to get it. Yeah. Right. That means I've acknowledged him in my head. Right. 
but I haven't acknowledged him with my heart. Because here's what happens. And Jesus said, you'll know him by their fruits. That's what he says in Matthew 7, right after that verse I just quoted. Mm -hmm. He said, and by the way, you'll know him by their fruits. And so what happens is those people that have been truly touched by Christ, those people that have been encountered by him, that have a relationship with him, the fruit of their lives are different. That's right. They look different. They do. They They sound different. They have an external difference now, not only externally, but internally. That's right. Which comes from their heart. Because that death I talk about, the 18 inches from your head to your heart, is the shortest distance to death. Because you can have all the head knowledge in the world. Think of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They had it tattooed. They had it on their robes. They had it... Every, they knew it backward and forward, but they didn't have that relationship with Jesus. They didn't. And so that death from your head to your heart, how do you get that head knowledge from your head into your heart? We talk about this a lot. How do we get the information to become a revelation Ooh, for transformation? I love that, Shannon. <laughs> That'll preach. How do we get that? And what does that look like? I got to share a quick story with you. I was doing a sermon um, on a Sunday in my own church. Now, this doesn't have anything to say anything negatively about my own pastor, but something just kind of rose up in me, and I just kind of stopped the sermon and said the same question I did last week. How many of you know without a shadow of a doubt, 110%, yeah. you're, going, you're going to heaven? Mark, I was astonished. I mean, just stopped dead in my tracks. Over half of the church was like... I. I don't know. Wow. And we have a very God-fearing, believing, Bible-teaching pastor that teaches it frontwards and backwards. It's not glossed over. Oh, no. It's not glossed over. And it was there, and I did this another time in a Bible study, and I'm going to tell you what, I had to stop immediately what I was teaching. I said, I can't go any further, because if this many people... And a Bible teaching church are not 110% sure you're going to heaven. We got a problem. Right. And it's not, well, I hope someday you'll get this right. It's like right now, right this moment, we have to deal with it. And and we did. And I let them in, you know, just a prayer of salvation. And, and that was between them and the Lord. But I was really taken back in a church. And how many churches today are just the smoke and light screen? Right. Hyper-focused on grace. We don't talk about sin. You know, it's the feel-good experience. I've been in church today. It's the worship experience. And you don't hear that meat to the message that, listen, if you have not accepted Christ and taken him into your heart, you are not heaven-bound. You, unfortunately, are hell-bound. That's so good, Shannon. I have to go to this scripture to answer the who will be in heaven question, Mm -hmm. because we talked about this last week. Uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus. Nicodemus was a member of the ruling council of the Jews, right? In Jesus's day, he was the top dog. And he came to Jesus privately because this was weighing on him, Mm -hmm. right? And he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. This is John chapter three, verse two. We know that you came from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, John 3, 3, please search this out. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Shannon, I don't think it gets any more clear than that. No. What is this born again? Is this like this weird doctrine? You know, it, 
And in John 3, 3, okay, well, Jesus said one time, you must be born again. Well, if you go over to 1 Peter 1, verse 22 and 23, right, it's the same thing. And I'm turning my Bible there now, Shannon. I love the turning of the pages. Yeah, since you, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently and with a pure heart, having been born again. There's the scripture again. There's the word. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The word of God. Jesus goes on in John 3 here to mm -hmm. say, flesh gives birth to the flesh, mm -hmm. but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Shannon, we're born into this world through the flesh. Right. But Jesus is saying you must be born again through the spirit. Now, I want to say this. I just heard this last week, and it really struck me and stuck with me, Shannon, because a lot of people today are saying, I am this way, however way you are, because I was born this way. Mm. Right? We hear this a lot, yes, Shannon. Yes, I hear it all the time. And this pastor responded this way. I thought it was amazing. He said, okay, I, I'll give you that. But Jesus said you must be born again. That's good. That's how. And he says... Without that, you won't see the kingdom of God. So then you really can't file back on your laurels of that because that's your old man. Right. And when you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, he says the old man is gone. Yeah. The new man has come. That means there is death to that old person. That's a great picture because um, I have somebody I'm counseling right now that they, they just like, this is my personality. This is how I, how I roll. I can't change it. And that's a great way to say is, have you been born again? Have you had that new spirit, that new man put within you? That's good, Shannon. Yeah. So I'll, I'll add one more scripture verse okay. to this, right? So again, I'm not pulling something out and trying to create a doctrine out no. of one verse. But 1 Corinthians 15, and it also covers, I think, going to heaven, which is our topic today. Right. But this is the last chapter, uh, or excuse me, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, the second to last chapter, starting in verse 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Who's that talking about? It's actually talking about Jesus. He's referred to as the last Adam. That's right. All right? So, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. Again, what Jesus said to Nicodemus, flesh gives birth to flesh. We're born into this world right. through flesh. Right. But spirit must give birth to spirit. Here's how he explains. The first man was of the earth, made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Mm. I mean, Shannon, it gets clearer and clearer, doesn't it? Yeah. As was the man of the dust, so also are those who are made of the dust. That's you and I. Right. Shannon, we're just like Adam made from the dust. And then it says this, as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly born of the spirit hmm. because in some translations of John 3 3 it says born from above okay okay yeah and it says this in verse 49 and as we have borne the image of man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does corruption inherit incorruption 
So to answer the question, who will be in heaven? Those that are born again, Shannon. That's good. That's so good, Mark. I've never really studied that part of the first man, second man. That's that's exciting. It I is, isn't I, it, though? I love to find something new. These Here's where I get frustrated with people like, I don't understand the Bible. And I'm going to be with those of you who don't understand the Bible. There are parts of the Bible I still don't understand. Sure, me too. You too. And, and you're, you're a great um, teacher, preacher. I've studied for years and years and just learning. But here's the great thing is that it is so relevant to today. People yes. are like, this has nothing to do with today's time. Listen, it has everything it to sure do does. with today's time. And like we talked about last week, knowing the truth and the truth will set you free, right? Yes. And it was that counterfeit bill that we talked about that said, you know, how, how do we how do we detect a counterfeit dollar bill? Well, you know that you know that you know. That's right. The original, the, the one that is the authenticated, true American dollar. And so this is what we have to know about Christ is, do you know him personally? Now, this does not, I didn't say, do you have a perfect religious walk? Are you perfect in your text, in your reading of the Bible every day, in your prayer life? Is there a day you ever go without sinning? There, there's days I feel like a wretched soul. Yeah. <laughs> like, Amen. Or, Amen. I mean, you know, but here's the thing. What I do know is I have been, have this blood-bought right to be his daughter. Do I deserve it? I absolutely do not. But I want to just take you back to John 3, where um, it says, in reply, where Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he says, in, in reply, Jesus declare, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And what you said, but jump down to verse 5, where it says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. And as, as you went on and talked about that flesh and, and talk about just for a minute, how I, this idea that there's going to be so many people in heaven mm -hmm. and, and there's really not right. Where, where's the verse that talks about that, that, that broad is the road. Oh yeah. You know it. And, so well. and narrow is the narrow gate. Is the so, gate. so that's, that's the, the yeah. basics of, what we talked about last week, when we started to unpack, Shannon, uh, Matthew 24 in the end times, and he said, know that many will be deceived, and only few be, the verse you're talking about, Matthew 7, only few there be which find it, the way, the narrow way, right? Because guess what? The deception, the great deception, is that as long as we're born and we acknowledge there's a God, then we're okay. But yet Jesus says, no, you actually have to be born again, mm -hmm. born of the Spirit, born from heaven. Right. Where is the Holy Spirit? Now Jesus went, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and now the Holy Spirit is at work in the earth today, and he's drawing men to God. To himself. But, here, but you touched on this verse, and I want to read it, Shannon. This is Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to make it clear what we're talking about being born again and being saved is one and the same. Right. You have to call on Jesus. And the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 12, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Personally, this might freak some people out, Shannon, but I've been on the street and I've talked to people that were demon-possessed mm -hmm. And they cannot say Jesus, Jesus is Lord. They'll say 
it's just words. And I say, if it's just words, can you say them? Yeah. And they cannot say them. Why? Because the Bible says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's right. And even the name of Jesus. Yes. You know, the name of Jesus, it says every demon, the demons will flee. They yes. cannot be in his, his presence. And I know for myself, when I've experienced great warfare, and I, I'm not even sure what to pray because it's so dark and heavy, right. I will just say the name of Jesus. And it says... They have to flee. And Amen. there is this lightened spirit that, I mean, things may not have changed in the circumstance, but I can feel that heavy, dark cloud that um, that I can just feel is that demonic dominion, you know, hovering almost over. And, and as soon as you say the name of Jesus, yeah. as soon as you say that name of Jesus, every demon has to flee. They cannot be in the presence anywhere. So that is so good. On that note, uh, I have actually taught my children that very same principle. And I can tell you some of my children when they've had nightmares Mm -hmm. and I've taught them that, and Mm -hmm. listen, they have already called on the name of the Lord. Okay. So they've already done it. They already have a relationship with Christ. And I've taught them if you're awakened in the night with a nightmare, call out Jesus name. Mm -hmm. And my, my second oldest son will tell you he's done it many times and immediately the darkness flees. So Mark, is there, as we get ready to close this down, is there a a formula, a, a perfect prayer that we must say? Is there certain words that makes it, oh, you said this. So, okay, I guess you're now a Christian. Talk to the person that's like, I hear you. I want to call upon the name of the Lord, but I don't even know what that looks like. And I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Is there something that, because some of us have been taught in church or a religious sector that you need to say a certain amount of words right, exactly. you know, or a certain mm-hmm. uh, formula, so to speak. Um, what, what does that look like for the person who doesn't know? It's like, and I'm, I'm so this. glad that you, you brought that up, Shannon, because I'm staying to answer it. And you know me, I always answer all your questions with the word, right? Because it's so real. But staying in Romans 10, okay. okay, starting in verse 9, it's so simple like this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Shannon. So it's that simple. It's those two things. Now, you talk about the 18 inches. It's not that you believe in your mind that Mm -hmm. God raised him from the dead, but you believe in your heart. But the first part is what? That if you confess, or it just simply means say, if you say with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, or in some translations, Jesus is Lord. Just mm-hmm. like I talked about First Corinthians 12. If you say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, or I like to say, if you form it in a question, Jesus, will you be my Lord? His answer is always yes. His answer is always yes, Shannon. Always yes. And it's saying, Jesus, I need you to be in control. You know, the famous song, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. Like you literally got to get out of the pilot seat and you got to give him the pilot seat. So talk to the person who maybe has said that, but they've not been baptized. Will those people who have not been baptized not be in heaven? Yeah. And you know, when we talk about the fruit of the spirit, you'll know them by their fruit, Mm -hmm. Shannon. I think that it's a natural thing that when you become born again, you will want to be baptized. Sure. 
I don't believe personally that it's a, a necessary part of salvation because, right. again, the thief on the cross didn't right. get down and get baptized. Right. But when in the book of Acts, when um, Philip was taken to share the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch mm-hmm. and the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah and Philip helped him understood that. His next thing after he understood and obviously received Christ is he wanted to be baptized. And I think it's a natural fruit of a relationship with God. And again, John the Baptist said, you should bear fruits worthy of your repentance. That's why you should be wanting to get baptized. So because you've repented of your sins and said, Jesus, I can't be in charge of my life. I need you to be my Lord, the boss, Mm -hmm. everything to me. And now I want to follow suit. And I think the natural response to that is to be baptized. And so that's just an outward expression of your salvation, that you have confessed that Jesus is Lord of your life. But for those, I know there's people who question that or think, well, I was sprinkled so that that you know, I'm going to heaven and there's, and I'm, I'm not going to pick on any religion because they're all different. Yeah. Um, and we were all raised differently. I think at the end of the day, um, as an adult, you have to be confident in your salvation of what you did, not what your parents did. I know I was, um, saved in vacation Bible school when I was eight and I was baptized shortly after, but it wasn't until just a few years ago, Mark, and I was teaching and doing ministry and all that. There was a part of me, and it, it just f- for me, like I felt like I had come to this place where the old man was gone. Yeah, and, and it's still through that sanctification process, but I needed that for me. And there's a picture someone caught of me coming up out of the water. Was I saved? Yes. Did I need a double baptism? No. But there was something that the Holy Spirit yeah. was just tugging in me. Um, I wanted to make it my own. Amen. And so I did that. Not that my parents did anything wrong and not that if I never got baptized again, you know, after my, when I was eight years old, none of that was wrong. And I'm not, I'm just saying for me, Yeah. I felt like the Holy Spirit, I had just come to this fullness in Christ that I know I'm not going to be perfect until I get to heaven. But there was something about my own walk, my own sanctification, big word. Um, but that's just, you know, our process of as we're, we're getting to heaven. Right. You know, as God is purifying us and perfecting us, like you talked about getting the bride ready. Yes. Amen. I needed to do that for me. So make this about you, not about your parents, not what your grandma wants you to do, your mom wants you to do, or make it personal. Get on your knees and ask the Lord, you know, if you haven't asked him into your heart. Ask them into your heart, not your mind. Right. Love what you said. Into your heart. you got to confess that with your mouth and believe in him. I, I do want to jump down real quick to Romans 10, um, verse 11. It says, as the scripture says, and it's all that Mark had talked about, where you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. For it's in your heart that you believe and you are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. But verse 11 says, as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Amen. And I'll tell you, I think on the day we arrive in heaven, we are all, believer and non-believer, going to stand at the, the throne of judgment. Now, right. believers and non-believers, there's two different ones there. Maybe we'll get into that someday. But that's not the day I want to be put to shame. No, not at all. <laughs> and that verse tells me anyone who trusts in him 
will not be put to shame. It says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. There it is. And for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's just that simple calling out, believing with your heart that he went to the cross. He died for you, yours and my sins, and he wants you to live in eternity with him. That's so well said, Shannon. And thank you guys, friends, for listening in today and for tuning in. And be sure to join us again next week because we love to share with you. You guys are a part of this reason that we do this and that we share the goodness of our God and uh, appreciate your hearts for tuning in. And I pray that you're praying and calling on the name of the Lord today.